Hello, everyone. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to another episode of Voices That Cook. I am your host, William Nunn, and I am here with Leah Marks, who I am so excited to have you on for the the third episode. I should say third episode. We are off to already really two very strong starts, and I'm pretty sure this one will be a strong one as well, because I am not only thrilled to have you on, but when I had originally posted about the show, I, um, you know, I was, I was hoping some people would chime in and want to say, yes, I'd love to be in it. And you just popped out of nowhere. Just, (laughs) I had no idea who you were. And I was like, Ooh, exciting. And then I saw your, your resume and such. And I was like, Oh wow. You've worked with BBC and you've done all this stuff. Like (laughs) I am honored to have you on here. This is amazing. It was very serendipitous because the two things that I care about in my life are voice work and cooking. And then suddenly there was you going, Hey, let's just combine the two. Why not? It was amazing. Amazing that it just happened like that. (laughs) And it's really funny. Like I've, I didn't think there would be that many kindred spirits that would be into both things, but I've already got like at, at the very least thirty people already wanting to be on the show. So, oh my word! Okay, yeah. well let's make it so good. Let's just make this a highlight for the end of the year. <laughs> Great. Yes. Um, I've, I've been today to a food and drink. Oh my goodness, I forgot about the. Uh... <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't Dorothy, was it? I'm no, that wasn't Dorothy. Dorothy. Demon Dorothy popped up last time, but <laughs> but Demon Dorothy is more or less just. Uh, oh, I really love all the things involving food. All right, Demon Dorothy, go <laughs> go back, go back. Oh God, Dorothy's a liability. Dor- She's an absolute liability. And I, and I had to make sure that her voice was low enough to where, because originally her voice was very. Oh, and there was the joke of like, hey, Discord's not going to be able to pick that up because of how high pitched she is. And just oh. blowing her down to her uh, demonic naturalness was the way to keep her audio. Yeah, you got to let her be herself, man. I know. Just let Dorothy be free. Just let Dorothy be, th- be free. And I was uh, <laughs> very happy with uh, how much fun that ended up being. So if she pops up. In this episode, we will see if she becomes a reoccurring. Character. I mean, well, let's. I, I I feel like Dorothy would make an excellent host. So, can I just can I just ask you, Dorothy, if you have uh, a particular food favorite yourself? What's your go-to dish? Well, uh, my favorite go-to dish. Uh, I think it's something along the lines of probably uh, chicken and dumplings. I really like those. Oh, nice. They're such good comfort I love food. a dumpling. I love all the dumplings. That's a great choice, love. I agree. <laughs> I agree with Dorothy over here. You uh, you have very good taste for your uh, hellish taste buds. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just really fine to uh, have all that down in my system and everything. <laughs> okay, I'm going to sit down. Okay, you, you go sit down. <laughs> Bye, sweetie. See you later. Great. Well, (laughs) I think she needs a little rest. Well, so let me tell you about a place I've been to Mm -hmm. today. Um, Here in Manchester in the north of England, we've just had a food and drink festival. Uh, And it wasn't as big as I was expecting, but I turned up. There were loads of food stores everywhere. And there was one place doing Vietnamese food. And so I had um, big deep fried tofu cubes, which were amazing. Salt and pepper tofu. And also a a green papaya salad, which is like spicy fish sauce, garlic, all that stuff. And uh, thin strips of green papaya. So that was really nice. That's what I had for lunch today. Very, very nice. What did you have for lunch? I haven't had lunch yet. 
And I oh right, what time is it? It's like <laughs> it, it's like ten a.m. Central Time over here. By the time oh of this right, recording. yeah, no, don't eat lunch yet. Yes. You'll be you'll be too hungry later on if you eat it now. And I probably will be hungry by the time we are through with this episode because I am sure whatever we talk yes. about is going to make my stomach rumble. So all of you out there who like stomach rumble noises, get ready. Um, I will probably have. Well, I imagine with with each episode, you're talking to uh, different um, voiceovers about their voiceover careers and how they started out. So I expect you've already explained your voiceover careers. So for the sake of me, because I don't know, but um, also for the sake of the listeners, because they've heard it twice already, will you tell me in brief what your uh, um, like initiation into the world of voiceover was? My initiation was uh, basically working at multiple call centers and everyone telling me, "Dude, you have a great voice and you do lots of good impressions." You should get into voiceover. Were you doing the character voices at the call centres? I was. Um, <clears throat> oh, my word. And how long did you last at the call centres doing the character voices? Uh, well, I didn't do them like... There was only one call I did <laughs> where I was George Takai for an entire phone call and I didn't get in trouble for it. Um, wow. But um, I did, however, uh, you know, interact with other customers. And whenever we would wait for something for so long, that would usually, you know, take a minute to pop up. I would want to, you know, kill time, maybe entertain. And you would probably have somebody whose last name is Balboa, and you just can't help but just start going into full oh, Rocky course. Balboa mode. Just, hey, you the know, I really like your last name. It's about the same somebody's... as my last name, you know, and just see how everything goes. You got to slow your mouth, you got to slow your stuff, and you got to make sure you're rambling, because that's what Rocky does, you know? He just rambles all the time, you know? And I really like Italian food. <laughs> Italian food really good, you know? Um, Gosh, well, I do wonder if a person with the surname of Balboa might be sort of heartily sick of having uh, Rocky impressions done at them, but maybe not. Maybe he I'm laughed. Who can say? He laughed a whole bunch and uh, oh, great, was fine. very fine, happy with it. And I remember doing another impression for another customer, and I don't remember what I did, but the person called me good customer service. And one of my oh. managers came over to me and said, you can't do that. And I said... The guy I just talked to on the phone said I was good customer service. I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you won. You won that one. You did. You did. Um. Well, my voiceover start stuff started out because I wanted to be an actor my whole whole life. I was always the kid, like all of us, I imagine, who uh, as soon as there was an opportunity to read out loud in class, have a hand straight up in the air. Uh, and I'd I'd, I'd I'd been like in school plays and all of that stuff, and I just wanted to be an actor, an actor, an actor. That's all I wanted to be. And then uh, I sort of had a bit of a crisis of confidence probably um, around like 18 or 19. It was just like, oh God, all these people around me are so incredibly talented and never going to be able to do anything like that. And I'm so physically awkward. Ugh, don't want to do it. I don't want to. I can't. And serendipitously at the same time, I realised that actually all I cared about was voice and whether one thing led to the other or whether they genuinely did just happen at the same time, I don't know. But uh, from that moment on, I just wanted to be in audio drama. That's all I really wanted to do is perform in audio drama. And kind of at the same time, I realised there was this whole other area of the voice industry that was voiceover. So all the other things that go along with that, so the corporate reads and the e-learning and the commercial stuff and all of that thing. And I thought, well... That's kind of adjacent to what I want to do, so I may as well invest some time in that. Uh, and became over like the last eleven years or so. It's been now maybe twelve. Um, I kind of just got to the point where I now that those are the only things that I do pretty much is either 
work as a voiceover or a voice actor or make this podcast about uh, voiceovers. So not this particular podcast, mm-hmm. although this is also about voiceovers, but my podcast, which is called The Voiceover Social. And by the way, not to trump my own trumpet or whatever the phrase is, um, but it is currently the UK's most popular podcast for voiceovers. That's amazing. And was nominated for a British Podcast Award, which means very little outside of the UK. But in the UK, is like a huge deal. It's like a big whole thing. Oh, and one other thing. We got, well, we've been nominated for a bunch of awards, but the only one we've actually won was the Inspiration Award, which was given to us by the One Voice people for like the bits and bobs that we do for the voiceover community, mostly in the UK. That's amazing. That's, that's where we're at with that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 as a content creator, any opportunity to be nominated or awarded something, I, I don't care how yeah. insignificant it is to the globe, it's amazing. So I am so yeah. amazed that you got that uh You've got that success going on right now. So that's really incredible. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. It feels nice. It does feel nice to be nominated for these things. Definitely. Although I I, I also now, uh, because there's been quite a few at this point, I no longer have the falling off the chair shock and joy of it. That doesn't, it doesn't affect me like that anymore. Now I'm just like, oh, that's a night out. <laughs> um, I'll find a dress and put it on. That's basically what happens. <laughs> there you go. I did look at your resume yeah. uh, before the show started and I just, the one the one project that you did that I was like immediately glued to and I want to listen to at some point is uh, the Anglo-Saxons audio drama that I saw on there. Oh, yeah. I'm like, ooh, so that looks interesting. a... Um, it's 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 a it's a BBC Teach program, so um, it's part of the, so the BBC is, as a public service broadcaster has a remit to provide um, uh, educational materials essentially to the world. I think that's part of it anyway, and to the world through through the BBC World Arm, but also. Um, to the UK. So they have something called BBC Bite Size, which is for kids who are doing GCSEs and A-levels. And so they sort of educate through um, the visual medium as well as uh, as well as well um, the work that kids are doing in school. And what this this website that they have is BBC Teach. And so is lots of um, just educational materials. And this, this one happened to be made by one of the most exciting, extraordinary, independent uh, audio production companies in the UK that supply to the BBC. They're called Naked Productions, which is just the most annoying <laughs> name because I feel like every time I talk about it, I just have to be like, not, not, it's not, I mean, it's not like that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so they, they, uh, they had, I, I directed that and I narrated that. And, um, and it was it was amazing. It was amazing. It's 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 got um, Grendel the um, the monster in it, the Anglo-Saxon monster mm-hmm. that was um, killed by Beowulf. Um, and this one, this guy, this actor that was in it is is incredible uh, monster voices. Like he he keeps being brought in by the company to do them again and again because he's he he has an ability to reach that 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 powerful depth without damaging his voice, maintaining it, um, and like. Uh, twisting it and changing it and adjusting it for different characters all those things that you were doing earlier with Dorothy mm-hmm. he's 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 incredible incredible at it very wonderful um yeah. out of curiosity what are some of your favorite audio dramas um one of the first that I really remember listening to was Alan Bennett's uh, is it the lady in the van or the woman in the van I think it's the lady in the van about um an old lady who lives in a van, essentially, and about uh, her friendship with um, her neighbour and her neighbours and her relation, well, her relationships with her neighbours, and not always friendships. And that was that was that. I remember just listening to that and being gripped and just like, this is why I want to work in audio drama. <laughs> and then I suppose another one was uh, the effect by Lucy Preble. 
because Lucy Preble is an amazing writer. She was involved with Succession. Do you know Succession? I think I've heard of it. I'm trying to think of things that are a sort of cross-pond awareness. But uh, Succession is um, kind of a little bit like the Murdoch Empire. Like the, 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 It's kind of based on that sort of huge monopoly run by a family firm uh, kind of vibe. Anyway, Succession is an incredible series. And the third series is, is coming out um, soon. And she was involved in the writing of that. And she also wrote The Effect, which is about two people that are taking part in a medical trial. Uh, and the medical trial is essentially supposed to increase their, um, their adjust their hormone levels. Mm. And they fall in love with each other and they don't know whether they're falling in love with each other because of the the adjustment to the hormone levels or whether it's true and real. And I have never, in all of my many years of listening to audio drama, heard anything that is so... Uh, honestly intimate and like, I, I, I felt a bit uncomfortable at times with my earphones in like I shouldn't be listening to this it's, <laughs> it's very private it was it was extraordinary absolutely extraordinary I mean I don't know if it's possible for you to hear anymore but The Effect by Lucy Preble incredible. The Effect by uh, too, Lucy anyway. Preble okay I see I, I, like, it literally mm. popped up um, on my Google so oh, yeah? let me see if there's a way for Great. me to listen to it and if so I'm going to put it in the description below so that way all of us can see yeah, it. Do. And it's so I'm seeing like text version. Um, I'm not seeing like an audio drama version. Let me try. Oh, that's a shame. I also saw it uh, performed on stage by uh, by some people, who, but this was the audio drama came first, I think. I, I pulled it up on BBC website hopefully it will because if it pops yeah, up that's right it is. if it pops up yes yep absolutely brilliant oh fantastic well done well, i know what i'm listening to on my trip to texas on wednesday after i listen to uh <laughs> the new sandman audio drama which i am very excited for Great. um yeah the previous one that um uh dirk mags and neil gaiman did i really loved that's probably one of my favorites right uh-huh. now especially in my first listen, I read the comic and listened to it at the same time, um, just just to have kind of that experience of how did they adapt it from one medium to the other. And they did such a good job with it, and I just love the talent involved. And I really admire Dirk Max as a cre- creator and director. And uh, Absolutely, yeah, he's prolific. And I also really liked another collaboration he and Neil did for uh, Neverwinter, um, or is it Neverwinter or Never? Let me. I don't know. Actually. Let me let me double check on that because I feel like it would be uh, unfortunate for me to mispronounce that for anyone interested because it's it's a great Neil Gaiman story. Neverwhere, that's what it is. Neverwhere. Ah, uh, yeah. So I am very. That's that's one I really love, and y'all can hear that on Audible. Um, and I also really enjoyed. Um, another one of my favorites is Mockery Manor. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Um. I have not. It's a horror comedy series that the first season takes place in the late 80s and the second season just dropped recently, um, or at least the first few episodes. Um, and that's going to be – that's in the early 90s and involves my very good friend Haley Evanant uh, playing twins in this really creepy theme park uh, and just dealing with all the stuff going on there. And it's probably one of the best produced podcasts that I can personally find on Spotify. And it's 
just makes me very happy to hear a friend of mine in such a good project like that and all the other talent involved is really good. It's really great stuff and it has a wonderful technical quality to it. And I, I just, I love listening to it. It's, it's a great series. And if I had to mention one more that I really, really liked, it's a series called Blackwood, which involves a group of kids uh, trying to investigate uh, this creature known as the Bugman and trying to figure out what was the truth behind it and this weird urban legend surrounding it. And it just starts leading them down a road of like, we probably should not have started this investigation. And it's a really good short series, like six episodes. And I really hope there will be a second season. So in case anyone that's worked on that project is somehow listening to this, I want a season two, please, because I know there's more left to tell. And I really want a season two because that first season came out a couple of years ago. And I'm like, please let there be a second season. <laughs> also, the Strata is really good. It's an it's a cyberpunk audio drama. I really like that one as well. Um, and ooh, and one actually, I, I have to mention two more because these are really good. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Barnes did a uh, Dracula audio drama version with. Uh, um, is it Mark Gatiss or Matt Gatiss? I think it's Mark Gatiss from Mark. Yeah, Mark. It's Mark. Yeah, he. Um, mm. I really enjoyed him in Sherlock, so I was like, "Ooh, I, I'm curious <laughs> about hearing you as the Count." And it was a very exciting, very good rendition of the story that I was. Ooh. I had a really fun time with, and that's also on Audible. And um, there is a a dramatized rendition uh, for the Odyssey. From Simon Armitage, I believe that's how you might pronounce his last name. That's on Audible that's as well. That's right. He's um he's the uh, the UK's uh, poet laureate. So he actually lives quite near me. <laughs> nice. Um, I really <laughs> wanted to check out the Odyssey for the longest time, and I thought, ooh, this might be fun. And I was, it was like listening to theater. It was incredible. I really loved hearing it. Wow. Um, and, I have not listened to it yet, but I shall definitely check it out after this. It is it is definitely worth your time, and I really love it. Right. And uh, yeah, so now that we've talked about voice acting and audio dramas and all that good stuff, let's talk about the things that make <laughs> us hungry. What got you started in cooking? The Odyssey. I'm just writing it on my hand. Um, what can we start in cooking? Oh, now, um, well, my my family's all Jewish and my mum is amazing at making uh, Jewish food. So chicken soup, chopped liver, um, anything involving mince. She has, that woman has a way with mince that I have yet to see topped. Um, but I never really cooked at home. I never, she didn't t- teach me to cook. I was just like, this is delicious. I love a holoshki, which is, by the way, my favourite food from when I was a kid. It's like mince and rice wrapped in cabbage and cooked in a tomatoey sauce. Um, it's really like... Um, Eastern European, you know, um, and uh, and and then I went away to university, and I was experimenting with cooking and making things that everybody else was looking at, going, "Oh, I don't know about that." And I was saying, "Well, I've made it now. I'm going to eat it," and making a lot of terrible, terrible mistakes. And then, sixteen years ago, I met this guy who ended up becoming my husband and is still my husband now, despite everything. <laughs> um, and <laughs> when we started, when we when we got together, I, I was suddenly finding <laughs> that because he doesn't really cook, like he says the thing that a lot of men that I know say, which is, oh yeah, I make a mean chili. Uh, and <laughs> they can just about rustle up a sandwich. But um, somehow, despite that, like I, I, uh, I, I became the, the cook of the two of us. 
and I couldn't really make any more the sort of uh, experimental nonsense that I'd been making before that. And I had to start cooking with somebody else in mind. Like, is this actually going to be nice or is this me just putting ingredients in a pot and hoping for the best? And I think that's when things started to shift a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I look back over uh, notebooks from from around then because I used to work like have stacks of notebooks and now I just use my phone, obviously, like everybody else. But they're they're they've just stuffed with recipes that uh, that I was trying out that I things that things that I know I can now cook. And I think that's that's what that's what changed for me bef- uh, into being a, a good cook or somebody who who can cook rather than just somebody who enjoys like just ho- cooking, ho- heating things up and hoping for the best. I think that's that's great though, and I I definitely understand the whole trying to make something for somebody else rather than just experimenting with whatever um i have Mm. i have a i live with my parents right now and my father is very much someone who wants his steaks well done and he doesn't like cheese and he likes all this stuff dry and it's just oh yeah it's just why 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 can we not share the same food that's somebody who doesn't really like enjoy food just sees it as fuel pretty much that's a pretty good description for him whereas my mom is willing to try all sorts of stuff even if it's not good for her stomach um right right. so well i i if i ever make spaghetti for them again i will probably have to make two spaghettis uh one that's going to be for my mom myself that's going to have all the garlic and everything else you need and then of course one for him that will just be stuff separate and whatnot um but I I can definitely say I make a mean chili. I love making chili. Yeah, you do. Every man, every man I've ever met makes a mean chili. We even had a chili off one time at my at my house. So my husband and my brother both made a chili, and my my brother made like a quite quite a good chili. It was okay. It was spicy. It tasted nice. Um, and then my husband, knowing what was at stake mm-hmm. here, uh, <laughs> like slow cooked these pieces of beef with he put he put some some coffee in it, he put some dark chocolate in it, he gave it oh, depth wow. of flavour in all these different ways. It was extraordinary, and he won. He won that chili off hands down. It was superb. I don't. I don't. I don't even think I'll bother making a chili from now on. I feel like it's just been done. It's, it's been, been done. done to its best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. My favourite thing to cook. So me and my uh, co-host uh, at the Voiceover Social. Um, whenever we get together, which is less nowadays because she's moved away, but we make uh, something called egg and chips, which is sounds like you know eggs and potato, but it's so much more than that. Can I tell you about it? Of course. Great. Okay. So it's a Yotamata Lengi recipe and it's uh, technically called potato and gochujang braised eggs. So gochujang is that Korean chili paste, uh, slightly, slightly sweet and um, not mild, but milder than a lot of chili paste you might experience. And so what you do is you, first of all, you heat up the oven so it's hot. And then uh, you put a pan like a, a a dish that has a lid, like a deep dish that has a lid um, with some oil on the inside of it into the oven just so that heats up. And then into that pan, you put uh, potatoes and a couple of um, kohlrabis that you've uh, cut into like chips shaped like fries, fries, like shaped like fries. And you chuck them in. Um, oh, oh, sorry. I'm I'm, I'm going to have to go backwards. I'm not good at telling. You're recipes. good. You're good. <laughs> so, um, so these these uh, potatoes and, and and kohlrabi that you've cut up into um chip fry, fry shapes. Um, you've tossed them in a um in a mix of gochujang paste, which is the Korean chili paste, white miso paste, and uh, uh, crushed garlic cloves. 
all mixed up together, um, and then then and some olive oil, and then once you co- once you coated them in that and you toss them in that, then you put them into this hot pan in the oven. And you cook it for like half an hour or something um, until bits of the edges are going crispy. The lid isn't on at this point, um, and then five minutes before the end, you crack, you make some dimps in it in the top, and then you crack an egg into each dimp, and then uh, put it back in the oven for another five minutes or so until the um, whites are cooked through, and then you take it out of the oven. While all this is happening, you've also mixed together lime juice, gochujang paste, oil, chopped chives and black and white sesame seeds, toasted sesame seeds that have to be black and white, doesn't matter as long as they're toasted. Um, And then you chuck it all over the top. And it sounds initially like um, potatoes and eggs and lime juice. (laughs) But actually, uh, once you start eating it, you won't be able to talk because you'd be so busy eating it. And what we found the first time we made it, me and Nick, is that um, when we finished eating it, we were like, sad really sad yes but it was over yes and like scraping our finger around the inside of the pan just desperately trying to recreate the experience we've been having up until that point and so because of that we just we just cook it every time we're together we cook it egg and chips if you google it otolenghi potato and gochujang braised eggs it is my top number one favorite thing and actually um it's it does still work even if you take some of the things out because i every every six months or so i have been like trying to because if I just eat normally like a normal healthy Mm. diet I move about a bit occasionally I cycle I walk to places I'm not like just doing nothing I'm moving uh, and I eat fairly healthily I don't really eat that much in terms of snacks really mostly I just eat a lot of fruit but somehow I still get slightly fatter (laughs) over the passing weeks very slightly until I'm like hang on that's not what I want to look like and see as I see myself in a in a window or a mirror or something and so every six months for like a month, I cut a load of things out. So I stop eating alcohol, eating alcohol, drinking alcohol, <laughs> eating sugar, um, eating bread. I don't eat hardly any cheese. I, I, uh, what else do I cut out? But it's mostly the, the booze and the sugar. I don't even drink very much alcohol either, but, um, but no booze, no sugar, no bread, no um, cheese. And uh, that seems to work for me and just like just be really, it's some, I don't know if you know Slimming World, but it kind of, it works on those principles. And uh, as a result of that, there are three dishes that uh, I've worked out that work, that fit within those parameters that are actually delicious and not just like, oh, I guess it still tastes nice, even though there's nothing nice in it. Um, so they, those three things are uh, stir fry, obviously, mm-hmm. just with either chicken or prawns or um, uh, shiitake mushrooms or something like that to make it more exciting uh, with oyster sauce and rice vinegar at the Ooh, end. Oh, yes. Um, or... The second thing is baked salmon with um, chip, uh, potatoes and sweet potato and sweet potatoes uh, baked in the shape of chips in the oven with just some spray. Oh, that sounds delicious. And the third thing is pocky, Hawaiian pocky. Do you know Hawaiian pocky? I do pocky? not. Oh, let me tell you about Hawaiian pocky. It's so great because I used to was I used to make sushi every every Saturday night when I was doing these um these like super health tip things um but sushi is a right faff and i'm not very good at it i'm not very good at the rolling and the shaping and all the rest of it so instead i make uh, a big pan of sushi rice and then on top of the sushi rice in individual bowls one bowl for each person you put the following things uh raw tuna cut into pieces tossed in sesame oil gochujang again and uh soy sauce uh, then slices of cucumber and avocado. Uh, there's the like wakami seaweed salad that you can buy in Chinese supermarkets. I, I've discovered my local Chinese supermarket has um, these individually packaged <laughs> uh, seaweed salads. So um, I defrost one of those each time. Um, and then what else goes on it? 
uh, edamame beans, uh, maybe grated carrot, that sort of thing. So like fresh, 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 a bit spicy, um, raw, raw, raw fish, amazing sushi rice. And if, if you get the sushi rice right, then everything else can just, you can put whatever you want on top of it, really. It's all about the rice. Um, so that's the third thing that fits within those parameters. Oh, yeah. But instead of on the dressing with the sushi rice, instead of putting, mixing sugar in with the rice vinegar and the, um, and the salt, you just mix in sweetener, just any sweetener, really. Um, and that does that, that. Those are the three things, the healthy three things that I've now taken out of my super health tip and continue to make almost weekly <laughs> since then. Gotcha. Gotcha. I will be the first to say, while that did sound awesome, I am not a big fan of tuna personally. And ah, you could use salmon if you prefer. I could do salmon and avocado yeah. and artichoke. My body does not like. I have tried them. Well, actually, I leave the avocado off because I'm not into avocado either, but my husband likes it. And artichoke, um, have you ever tried uh, cooking artichoke where you boil the whole thing and then you take it out and then you get uh, a little bowl of melted butter and with each, um, you, you peel each leaf off and you dip the edible end into the melted butter and then scrape it off with your teeth. And you don't really, it's not very... Scrape it with your teeth? It doesn't create a lot of food. You just scrape it off, scrape it off the end of the artichoke leaf with your teeth and it's delicious because I'm not talking about the heart, the artichoke hearts here. I'm talking about the hard leaves around the oh. edge that you just um, rip off each leaf. It's a really nice sharing thing. Interesting. Make one big one for two people. Um, yeah, and dip it in butter. I mean, basically, you can dip anything in butter and it makes it taste oh, yeah. great. But artichoke leaves, particularly. <laughs> I've not even considered that being a possibility. Maybe that might be. <laughs> might, maybe that would be a worthy try of going like, okay, yeah, body. Maybe that I hope you will like this have, because have normally you? that doesn't agree with you. Um, have you had artichokes that are just like the the artichoke hearts in a jar or something, or have you had tried tried it any other way? Um, I've had where they're kind of uh, diced and mixed and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, that's mainly my main experience, especially with uh, and also guacamole. I've had guacamole, which depending on the guac oh, could well, that's, be a factor. Too. I don't think. I wonder if we're mixing up vegetables here because um, I've I've never heard of guacamole having artichokes in. So perhaps we're mixing. Uh, up avo- I was thinking avocado. Sorry. Um, oh yes. What, yeah. <laughs> yes. No. I forgot you said avocado. Yes. 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 In my booth here with me, I've got two giant lever arch files. I'm just going to pull them up. Um, oh, one's a bit broken. Um, because for the last 20 years, maybe, I've been ripping recipes out of magazines and newspapers that I liked and dividing them into uh, segments, oh, wow. sections. So um, in I, I very recently had to split them into two files because it was just taking over the kitchen. So um, in the first one, I have um, breakfast, soup, things on toast or sandwiches, spicy pancakes, salads, vegetable sides, rice, curries, vegan things for tea that you could make, vegetarian tea ideas, fish tea ideas, chicken, lamb pork, beef, mince, game, savoury vegetarian pies, cakes and tarts. It's got a section all of its own. And then there's a condiments one. And that's in file two. File one, sorry. Mm. And in file two, there's a whole section called Big Faff Party Ideas, which is, uh, faff, I don't know if you know the word, but just means too much, like fuss. Big fuss. That's what big I guess. Party <laughs> ideas. Um, then dips, fried snacks, un- uncategorizable party snacks. That's got its own one. Um, crackers and savoury pastry things, bread, small sweet things and biscuits, cakes and tarts, dessert. Jam uh, and drinks. Oh yeah, in a Christmas section. Um, so, shall I? Which which of those would you like me to talk about? <laughs> um, that's a lot. Um, like, it was. It was. A, I should have warned you about lot, me before we started. It was a lot of information. Um, and I'm just thinking to myself. I have a YouTube playlist. I have 
links in my Safari for my phone that just yes. have all these things yeah. and recipes that I've written down in my notes app and all these things. Um, wow, I don't know. You've got to keep them somewhere. I do. I I I just find that on my phone I can't like because I plan out the the week. Mm-hmm. I plan the food for the week on Friday nights and I sit and I just go through all of my files and I decide what I want to cook and I, I do the, the pocky and the baked salmon and the stir fry and then around that other evenings that I have available um, I just work out what things seem fun and I and I, so I, and I cook them and I find that having all these things in front of me it makes it a lot easier to make a decision about what I want. So I can think, well, I've already I've already got like three fish things, three fish things this week. So I better find a vegetarian thing and a meat thing just to try and uh, balance it out. Um, yeah, that's what I do. Meat stuff is big, good. Big files spread out. Yeah. I really. What was the most interesting thing that you made recently that you were pleased about? Ooh, that's a very good question. Um, let me look at my Instagram, which y'all are more than welcome to follow at the voice that cooks. Uh. Let's see. While you're looking, I actually, <laughs> so I also have a, an Instagram, which I hardly ever, 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 ever use. It's at Leah underscore, et cetera, as in spelled ETC. But during the first lockdown in the UK, uh, I, like everybody else, needed something to take my mind off things. And so um, I was already cooking interesting things anyway, but I decided that that would be the time for me to maybe use the cooking that I was doing to help like jolly other people along or maybe inspire them to cook something interesting for tea. Um, I don't know what I thought I was doing, but for about three months, I took loads of really great photos of the fascinating things that I was making mm-hmm. uh, and posted them on Instagram. So there's things like um, a, uh, oh, what's it called when you slice courgette? I mean, zucchini and aubergine and tomato and bake it in the oven. There's a really good version of that that took like four hours in there. Oh, we're both looking at our, inst- our own Instagram profiles here. Oh, yes. And I went ahead. Oh, there it is. Ratatouille. That's what it's called. And I went ahead Ratatouille. and followed you while I was on there. Um, oh, great. <laughs> the last... Oh, uh, gosh. I'm gonna, my mouth's going to water reading this off. I made a pasta uh, about a month ago uh, for my family. And, uh, well, technically my mom and myself, because my dad won't eat this. But I, I had uh, three giant chicken breasts that had rib meat in them. And shrimp, chicken parmesan sauce, shrimp scampi sauce nope. mixed together, salt, pepper, Italian seasoning, garlic, minced onion, and parsley. Also accent seasoning, which is really good, but check and make sure that you're not allergic to it before you eat it, because I think my mom was. What might be in it that you might be allergic to accent I, seasoning? What I is honestly it? What is can't, it? Re- can't think of it off the top of my head. It might be worth Googling. Um, Parmesan cheese, shredded Romano, uh, lemon pepper, and uh, there were a lot of penne noodles. In fact, I think I used like way too nice. many penne noodles and they almost fell out of the giant skillet that we have that we were heating them all up in <laughs> together. They do expand, don't they? They, they, were, they were quite filling there, but ma'am. We, we, we devoured so much of that within a few days. It was... So, so good. And um, if you end up seeing my post for it on Instagram, you can swipe to the right and hear just the sound it makes. That sort of wet pasta sound that just, mm, gosh, I love it. Lovely. I really love that pasta. And the The lovely, (laughs) love the the wet pasta sound. Oh, yes. And I (laughs) I hadn't really made a whole lot since then um, because I was working at a restaurant at the time. Um, But now that I'm not doing that anymore, I... If I if I wasn't having a Texas trip happening on Wednesday, then I would probably make something tomorrow, but I wouldn't want to What food in Texas are you most excited about eating? 
What is Texan food? I mean, is, is there quite a sort of big Mexican influence? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I am planning on making birria tacos while I'm at my friend's place. Um, but are you going to make them or are you going to go to a taco store? I'm going to... I, I've watched a program on Netflix all about tacos. I don't know if you saw it. It's like a six-part series Ooh. or something all about the different types of tacos that exist. It was incredibly interesting. And it was narrated by the tacos themselves. This whole, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> obviously, like they, they sort of worked out what voice would suit um, each taco and cast accordingly uh, and then had them narrate like in, in first person. Uh, it was amazing. There was a whole one about the goat tacos. There was a whole, uh, there's a thing about bean and cheese tacos there's burritos bean and cheese burritos mm. that made me be become like instantly obsessed with bean and cheese burritos it was it was such a brilliant show definitely worth watching. oh gosh that sounds incredible and it's making me crave tacos right now <laughs> what was it called what was it called um oh i don't know what it's called but i'll, I'll have a little look but um the thing on my instagram thing that i think i'm most pleased with is cheese tamales mm. which um is just i guess uh relevant and it's you got to get that um a special flour made of corn um, and um, what's it called? Massa flour, is it called? Um, and uh, you, you, you essentially uh, make this sort of dough and then you sprinkle cheddar cheese and mozzarella, hard mozzarella grated um, and cumin seeds inside and then you sort of flop the dough over and then wrap it in i mean it's supposed to, i don't know what it's supposed to be wrapped in but i just use baking paper um which i don't know what that's called in america maybe it's called baking paper i don't know um and then you sort of make little parcels but you make like 20 of these little parcels and you put them in a big pot with some uh with like a triv- trivet or something in the bottom to raise everything up off the bottom of the pot and then there's some water at the bottom of the pot uh, and then you sort of layer them all up on top of each other and then put a lid on the top and steam them essentially for like half an hour or 20 minutes or something and this magical thing happens so the cheese all melts in the middle the uh the massa flour dough uh which is oh it also has sweet corn mixed in with it i think um it hardens up uh, and then you can have it with uh, smoked chili oil on top and it's mind-blowingly good mind-blowingly and my cousin who has been to Mexico uh, said that it was uh, very very reminiscent of the sort of thing that he was eating there so that's nice that is absolutely amazing sounding and uh, Taco Chronicles I believe is the name of the show that's what it's called nicely googled Uh, I nicely googled that wow oh my gosh you're welcome I I really (laughs) Uh, birria tacos are probably my favorite thing I've ever made, and I really want my my voice acting friends that I'm going to be seeing uh, to have to have a bite of those. Um, I don't know if we're going to a Mexican spot while I'm over there, but there is a pizza place that we will probably get pizza from. Um, that's uh-huh. that's definitely a spot that I'm really looking forward to, and also my friend Kelsey. I feel like Texan Texan food is like. Quite barbecue driven. Am I wrong? Am I right? Uh, I mean, I'm tech, uh, there would be barbecue there. Um, and technically, where I am right now, which is West Tennessee, that's a major barbecue oh. spot in the United States, especially over is in Memphis. It? Yeah, we have amazing barbecue in this side of the country. Um, and a lot of it involving like you could have Memphis style or sweet baby rib versions. It's just whatever tickles your fancy, mm. depending on the meat. And I have yet to. Do you do much barbecuing, like outdoor barbecue? I, mm-mm. I haven't done too much of it myself, mainly just because large crowd gathering type things. I'm very awkward around. Oh no, I don't mean attending. Oh, oh, I mean just oh, cooking. cooking. Like no, I haven't because I don't have a smoker, and I also right. I guess and I also need like a legit grill for some stuff. But the smoker, I right. really would like to have one day to make ribs and brisket properly. Though I have seen ways to make it in the yeah. oven in a way that 
doesn't look like it's cheating. Um, I don't. I don't know how to barbecue anything. I'm terrible at it. I just. I just. I. I don't understand how the fire works. Um, but the, when it comes to brisket, I've got this um, Jewish cookbook from the 1970s. And um, if if the if the people of Judaism know anything, it's how to cook a brisket. Mm. So um, the, I, it's this amazing. Uh, you get the you get the the piece of beef, and you put it in um, a liquid with salt and saltpeter, which is very important. But you need to get it right because it's also explosive. Did you know saltpeter is explosive? Oh, wow. So you need to get the right amount and store it properly. Um, and also like uh, pickling spices, like mustard seeds and uh, coriander seeds and a bay leaf and some other stuff and you put it all in the pa- in the pot with the lid in the fridge for a week and every day you flip it over like carefully flip it over so the bits don't the, the gloop doesn't go everywhere and um then after a week you take it out you um you drain it off uh, and then you put more water back in it and, and an onion and you boil it for a while and this all sounds awful mm. right it sounds awful why am i putting um, meat in a bucket of water in the fridge for a week and then boiling it some more oh what a terrible idea but then at the end of it, you lift it out and there's this magical salt beef, which is essentially what, what it is. Salt beef at the end and you slice it thickly and you serve it with like roast potatoes, maybe cabbage. Um, and I mean, I'm back to Eastern Europe again, but uh, that's, 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 it, it's incredible. And then what you do is whatever's left over, if there is any left over. You weigh it down with something very heavy, whatever the heaviest pot you have, or or, or a brick um, <laughs> covered in paper, and uh, you just leave it overnight in the fridge, and it becomes very, very, very dense. And then you slice it really thinly, and it becomes the salt beef that you might see in a in the like Gabby's not Gabby's Deli, Gabby's Deli's in London, but uh, is it Katz's Deli in New York? That's the sort of salt. That's one of the ways that they'll make their salt beef, or it might be the way they make their salt beef. And you slice it really thinly, and then you put it in a bagel or something like a rye rye bread with pickles and mustard and mayonnaise and it's the most delicious thing in the world and by the way if you want to reheat your salt beef after you've gone through this whole process the way to do it is to really quickly steam it because if you right, try and reheat it in the oven it will dry out if you can't reheat stuff like that in a microwave because goodness knows what would happen to it but uh, stick it in a steamer and then that just sort of keeps the moisture in and makes it uh, makes it warm which is nice for a salt beef sandwich very very mm-hmm. delicious sounding yeah oh gosh i am you don't even need a smoker. I am really hungry right now. <laughs> I I am definitely uh, excited about exploring not only just Taco Chronicles and um, the effect and all these different foods that we've been talking about, <laughs> but I'm also looking forward to having uh, a leftover shrimp casserole that was made by uh, friends of my family's that was put together for a party that happened not too long ago. And it needs to be finished. So um, uh-huh. let me actually read the recipe off for you. Since you've been sharing recipes, I might as well share this one. <laughs> yes, I, I hope you do a better job than I did. All right. So um, this is this is an older recipe. It's one of those things where, like, I don't I don't know if I'd find it in a traditional cookbook, but it it's a shrimp and rice casserole, and it has uh, two pounds of raw shrimp, and they're pretty big shrimp. Um, one. Ten three four pounds uh, package of crab boil, two cans of oh. cream of mushroom soup, one cup of mayonnaise, one two ounce jar chopped pimentos, two cloves of garlic pressed, one and a half tablespoons of Worcestershire sauce. I hope I said that right. Oh, nice. Uh, two t- yeah, you did. <laughs> two tablespoons of lemon juice. Uh, one fourth cup of white wine, twelve fresh mushrooms sliced, or one four ounce can of sliced mushrooms drained, and then there's half a teaspoon of lemon pepper seasoning 
and one and a half cups of raw rice and also sliced almonds, which definitely give it a unique flavor. And you can cook the shrimp in crab boil and reserve the water, peel the shrimp, set aside, mix the next nine ingredients, uh, add shrimp, cook the rice in three cups, um, reserve cooking water. That that sounds weird to me, but it's like you cook the you cook the you cook three cups of the rice and you reserve the water. Um, I think the starch helps the sauce. Oh yes, up, oh it? yes, and then sprinkle with sliced almonds and bake in the oven at three hundred and fifty degrees Fahrenheit for thirty minutes or until bubbly. And it is Great. very delicious and a very unique looking dish too. Um, so I just. I've I've enjoyed eating it for the last week since there was so much of it. And it's like, yeah, if I don't eat the rest of it today, it could go bad tomorrow. So I might as well finish it. Um, but I wonder if I could actually put what's left to circle back around and bring it all full circle. I want to put it in <laughs> tortilla shells so I can have shrimp and rice casserole tacos. Lovely. Why not? Stick it in a taco yes, shell. Yes, yes. I got <laughs> to use those flour tortillas, which I've been mainly waiting to use them for breakfast quesadillas, which I technically could have also today, but I, I may have that tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, those are really easy, simple to make where you just um, – you can mix an egg and salt and pepper together and you let it be on a uh, – you, you put add oil to a skillet and you let the egg flatten out like an omelet. And then you uh, you add in cheese on top of the egg as it's cooking, and then you put your tortilla shell, a big burrito-sized tortilla shell, on top to let the cheese stick with it. Then you flip uh-huh. it after um, after you do that to make after you make sure that the cheese and the tortilla shell uh, merge with the egg, so that way it will stick when you flip it. So that way you're not having that problem. And the, a good way to make sure is just to move the tortilla shell and make sure the egg moves along with it. Then you flip it, and then you add in whatever protein you want. It could be ham, it could be chicken, it could be. Um, uh, sausage. I, I I mainly do ham just because it's very easy to just peel and already just go ahead and add. And then add in some extra cheese on top of that. And then you can fold it like a quesadilla and let it cook on both sides. So it's got that golden brownish color that you really want it to have. And then you slice it up with a pizza cutter while it's still hot um, after you've put it on a plate and then just devour it and love it and feel incredibly happy as you do it. <laughs> um. That's one of my favorite easy ones. I have to go. I do too. But before we go, I did want to mention that uh, I had an absolute blast having you on here, Leah. Thank you so much for coming to the show. (laughs) You're so welcome. And real quick, could you let the audience know uh, where can the listeners of Voices That Cook follow you? Well, the main thing that one ought to do if if you're a listener to Voices That Cook is um, uh, also uh, follow or subscribe to the Voice Over Social podcast because uh, we – don't do so many long form interviews, uh, although we have been known to do a few. We tend to take like topics. So, for example, um, accent discrimination and how to book more work in your native accent uh, or um, let's see now, gender, how to move between along the, around the gender spectrum using your voice. For that one, we also spoke to a trans theatre maker about her experience of having a voice in the world and transitioning with it. Um what else now? Um, we went on an audio diary trip to the northernmost bit of Scotland to nice. talk to one of America's very famous promo voices. He does the promo 
he does the voiceover for the Jimmy Fallon show. Mm. Uh, so like coming up next or whatever it might be or on later on the thing, uh, whatever it is that he says, he lives in this little village um, <laughs> really far north in Scotland. So we went to go and see him. We took our listeners out to the sea um, and listened to the sea for a bit. And we found uh, somebody who's a speaker of the local Doric accent which is a very strong uh, dialect and we recorded him for a while and it was a brilliant time um we do, we do like lots of different like ideas and explore them in as, as, as interesting a way as we can um so if you would like to find us you can just search for us obviously and wherever you get your podcasts um but uh, it's called the voiceover social um we are on twitter at the vo social our website is www.thevosocial.com <laughs> and from there if you wanted to um find out any more about me or my co-host nick then you can do but mainly that is the badger that's the one at the vo social on twitter or the vo social.com on the general internet hell yes thank you so much for sharing all of that and i am i am now following the voiceover social on twitter and spotify right now <laughs> Great. so i <laughs> oh wonderful spotify is the best one yes i love spotify and for those of you who would like to follow me on the social media so you can find me at uh, the Voice That Cooks on Instagram and on Twitter at Voice That Cooks. And especially on Twitter, where you'll definitely get a lot more updates on what I've been up to as far as upcoming projects and uh, me just sharing nerdy related things. And also, of course, food posts and, of course, any update involving this particular show. And uh, Demon Dorphy, is there any last words you'd like to say before we close out? I had such a good time hearing all of these recipes, and I'm so glad that you let me stay in here the show. Uh, I'm so glad you got to be here, Dorothy. Thank you. And Leah, thank you so much once again for being on here. Thank you all. And thank you all for listening. I don't have an outro yet, but whenever I get to one, I will have it. But until then, good night, good day, whatever time you're listening. Thank you so much for listening to Voices That Cook. Voices That Cook.